Haley, sweetie, I need your help. Uh, my guest was supposed to be here to do this episode, and he called out. So last minute, I need you to cover for him. Okay, sure. We're watching the final movie of award season. We're doing Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Do you know anything about it? Not a thing. Two, Two hours, hours later. So, what do you think? This was nominated? Yeah. Yeah. This was nominated for two Oscars. I thought this was going to be the snubbed one. No, this was nominated. Seriously? Well, extremely loud and incredibly close. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel, bagel basket. basket. Do not walk out of what this room. What if I die tomorrow? You're not going to die tomorrow. Dad didn't think he was going to die tomorrow either. It's not going to happen to you. How do you know it's going to happen? You don't know anything. You buried an empty box. That's not the point. His memory is there. It's exactly the point. Dad was just cells. And now they're on rooftops. And the rivers. Oscar. And the lungs of millions of Oscar. people around New York who breathe them every time they breathe. That's not how it works. Tear me apart, Lisa. You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Dad. You lose. It's Professor Plum. I said Plum. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosa. Pitch to the start of the Bernoulli Convergenator. If he puts a car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rider's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland. Um, we were on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, not by choice. <laughs> uh, I kept having scheduling conflicts with my guest. And he couldn't do it, so two Life's weeks... Life's busy when you're adulting. Yeah, yeah. So two weeks went by, and Haley graciously stepped in and... I love how you say graciously, but I live here. Well, yeah, I know, but it it was supposed to be someone else. And you stepped up to the plate, and you t- you took the spot. I know. I'm everyone's hero. Yes. That's me. So the movie that we did is extremely loud and incredibly close speaking of everyone's hero i i feel so bad for tom hanks and sandra sandy b sandra bullock yeah well this movie is marketed as starring tom hanks and he's in the movie for 23 minutes there's a good movie in here somewhere somewhere in this lump of coal is a diamond now this is this this episode's going to be amazing. It. I can't find it, Scott. Where is the diamond? I sat. Where is it? I sat through the entire two hours and ten minutes of this movie. I walked out. At the 40-minute mark, Haley walked out. Here's the thing. I've never walked out of a movie. Either in the theater or, I don't know, have I? Have there been movies that I've, other movies? I've never walked out of a movie. No, no, me. Not no, you. but I, we usually go together and I yeah. never walk out of the theater. So that means no. in turn, you never walk out of the theater. Well, yeah. I mean, we came close with the boss baby. We came very close, but we saw it for free. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this film is, it everything should work because it's directed by Stephen Daldry, the guy who did Billy Elliot, The Reader, and The Hours. So, he's no stranger to award season. He's been nominated for Best Picture and Director three times. It's produced by Scott Rudin, the guy who won for No Country for Old Men, and he basically founded Paramount. Like, 
in the 90s. He he revitalized it. it what has, could go wrong? It has Tom Hanks, Max von Sydow. It, it feels like this movie was filled with like famous actors to get like the SAG nomination because you have John Goodman, Viola yeah. Davis, Sandra Bullock, Tom it's Hanks. It's Jeffrey Wright. The like I would say this is like an award dream catcher. Yeah. Everything everything it they're supposed to, it's supposed to catch all of the awards. But the biggest issue with this movie is the entire movie lies on the shoulders of whoever plays Oscar, who is supposed to be a 13-year-old boy with autism. In all fairness, the kid does the best job he can. No, I don't think he does. I, and here's why. Here's why. Okay. Okay. So it is the actor's choice to make the decision to be angry or happy or a brat. It, it's the actor's decision. It's. Uh, it was. But the- I feel like when you, when you're a kid, you you it lends itself to get more direction from the director and other parties involved. Like, they're going to step in more than obviously they would for an adult actor. Yeah, but I've directed child actors, and, like, even if you tell them, hey, play it this way, they don't. When you say you directed child actors... When when I used to make short films. Okay. Like, the, they're the hardest... There's yeah, a reason why you're not supposed to work films, with dogs. We're talking about, like, big Hollywood It doesn't pictures. matter. A child actor will do whatever they want. That's true. Yeah. They'll do whatever they want. And this kid wasn't even a child actor. He was discovered... Well, that's... He was discovered on an episode of Jeopardy. But that again, that's why I think he had to take more direction because he wasn't a professionally trained actor. So he's new to the game and he's probably no, getting... No, Stephen Daldry is a director who discovers... He discovered Jamie Bell for Billy Elliot. He, okay. When he directed um, Billy right. Elliot on Broadway, he discovered Tom Holland. Like, like, All right. There were so many better actors. This was also the same year... That Asa Butterfield was in. To be Hugo. fair, though, this is this is a horribly written character, and I'm not just talking about the fact that the character is struggling with Aspergers. Well, there was no reason to give the character. Well, he has it in the book, right? The right. Character. Right. No, I mean, I'm I'm saying in the book. The only reason why they gave him autism in the book is because uh, the year before or two years before, the Curious Case of the Dog in the Moonlight came out. And that is a book about autism. And that was hailed as like, oh man, it's so creative to tell the perspective from a boy with autism. So then a bunch of other books started doing that. Mm. And this is one of them. Well, this is Asperger's though. True. Although they never really They never say. It's just... But, well, it's either way. It's on that spectrum. So... Also, I, I have a very close friend who I went to college with who has the same type of autism. has Asperger's. Right. He is nothing like this person. Like, no, and I mean, it. I'm sure it varies based on the individual. But, but this kid is a jerk. But like, I watched a bunch of TED Talks after this movie of people who have autism and also like from like videos from like the National Center for Learning Disabilities, although Asperger's is not a learning disability, right. as I learned. So like, and yeah, this kid is for a lack of a better word, a little asshole. He's a little asshole. And that's why I walked out because, and it had nothing to do with the fact that he has Asperger's and it had nothing to do with that behavior. It had to do with his vendetta against his mom. And as we learn, you know, the father dies in 9-11. Yeah. And he hides 
the voicemails from his mother. But you find out, you find out before those voicemails were left for Oscar because the Tom Hanks did get a hold of Sandy B in her office building. Right, but he, I think he he called expecting that she would be home because it sounded like at least when I heard the voicemails, I thought he was addressing the mom. You find out because you left. The, you left. Um, he gets a hold of the mom at work, and he's no. Tr- I saw that part. Right, but he's trying to. The these messages are for, for Oscar, and I guess it just. I don't know. I realized later at work when I was you know sitting there pondering the movie, what bothers me is not this kid's behavior ultimately like yeah there were little things here and there like you know his they got some aspects of you know asperger's correct yep um like you know it's it's you know like from what i understand and what i you know saw in the videos it's it's a difficulty understanding social cues so yeah there are moments where they get that right like the moment where he's talking to the um uh, what what's Viola Davis's character's name? Abby Black. Right. Um, there's some there, you can. And he tell, goes, "Can I kiss you?" Yeah, and that that was so uncomfortable. But also, I don't think they got that right because, like, yeah, it is an inability to read, to read social cues, but he's clearly seeing that she's upset and needing comfort. So there is some some sort of understanding. Right. Well, there. like as you, I I've worked with people with disabilities who who have had that who have had different forms of autism to being very tame, to be very, very severe. Yeah. And still they, I, in my interactions with them, I've never seen them go up to a person and be like, Hey, can I kiss you? Yeah. It just, it's, you and, know, and, and the look she gives him, the look Viola Davis gives him is like, uh, I just don't understand why introduce the difficulty with the mom because it seems like every, every like, every video where the like the person the um the individual who had asperger's was talking i wish i could remember their names but i watched so many videos um every every one of those individuals pretty much like had a really good relationship with their parents it was just it was more of a struggle with their peers right like in school right and like they like they had a perfectly normal relationship well, with their parents okay, so, so that, that with gets very little into... difficulty that gets into a very important thing about this. The entire movie is told through narration. Yeah. That destroys this movie. Yeah. I feel like, th- I real. yeah, I feel like this movie could have benefited a lot where we don't get that internal monologue. Right. And also, okay, so you didn't really, you didn't even make it to when Max von Sydow was introduced it was as just, grandfather. Well, going back to, again, what I was going to say, the thing that upset me was not the child or the child actor it was the fact that in this movie i realized it when i was at work i realized the moments of what what can only come across as like almost like cruelty right. the moments of harshness are not at all balanced by the moments of like the sweet moments there's there's an imbalance there well you didn't even you didn't even make it to when um, she discovers so at the end of the movie, you find out that the mom knew all along where he was going. No, I know that. But yeah. he made a book called Extremely Loud and Incredibly yes. Close. And in it, he draws 
the Twin Towers, and then he... He draws his father flying up. I know. I No, I, no, it's going down. No, no. No, no. In the book and in the movie, his father is going up, not right. down. Okay. Well, it, it's still messed up. It's still messed up. Like, Well, no, because he's, he's, his father's... I, I get the significance of it, but... Just everything in this movie doesn't make sense. Yeah, the moments... I I truly believe that this movie was a a clear case of too soon. It was was too soon. It was... So, I've made this joke to you while we were watching it. This movie came out in 2011, 10 years after 9-11. And I saw this movie in theaters... It just, it, I know that's 10 years, but it still felt like just because of some of the things they show us in right. the movie, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I saw this movie like a week after going through an abusive relationship, getting cheated on and broken up with by a horrible person. And this movie was still worse. Welcome to Scott's Therapy Corner. Scott is getting therapy in the corner. Scott's Therapy Corner. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. No, but I love you too. But but yeah, I I saw this nine years, eight years ago. The weekend it opened up, and in this, I was going through a lot of personal shit, and this movie was even worse. This was just it's, like like I the said, cherry on the a crap Sunday. The moments of like pure horror, like because like when they show graphically his father falling. The movie opens up with Tom that, Hanks. Yeah, that's not as graphic though. But later, when they show him, and the the building is literally exploding above him, that is horrific because people did die like that. We saw it on the news. It was horrible, and you know there are a lot of people who lost loved ones. And I don't think that was a scene that was necessary. And that's that's the thing. A lot of these scenes in this movie felt unnecessary. They didn't drive the plot at all they were just there for shock value well okay so they try to do a parallel they do it in the book but they don't really do it well in the movie so so oscar has had this traumatic experience dealing with 9-11 and you find out that his grandfather had a traumatic experience with with world war ii and the holocaust and they never say whether or not his grandfather was a nazi or was in a concentration camp they just said, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, no. Well, given his wife was in the concentration camp. They never go into that, though. Uh, so okay. so you don't know if if he fell in love with her because of that. It, it's just so dark. It, it Again, it, it, it's the moments of darkness are not they, they do. They're not enough to balance the moments of of joy or happiness. This film is just shock for shock value sake. Like, yeah, which I mean, with movies like this, you do have to walk a fine line because you don't want to downplay the horror of that day, but you also don't want to, like, overdo it. And I think, I really think they overdid it. So, in your research of this, did you ever find out what the sixth borough is? Uh, I forget. I'm sure I read it, but I can't remember. So, the sixth borough, this is going to make you so upset. What is it? Okay, so they make you think that it's going to be like... It's a subway, isn't it? No, no. It's worse than that. So... They make you think that the sixth borough is um, going to be like coming together as a family, like mm-hmm. all of these people in this community coming together to give Oscar, you know, answers about what that mysterious key is. No, the sixth borough is the swing set. 
that his dad wanted him to learn how to swing on. Fuck, man. Because <laughs> the movie ends with him discovering the swing set and underneath it, taped into it, is his dad's business card with a note that says, Congratulations! It's me, your dad, Tom Hanks! You found the... He doesn't even say Sixth Borough, but he implies that the swing set in Central Park is the Sixth Borough. Congratulations, Oscar. With unbelievable bravery and wisdom far beyond your years, you have solved reconnaissance expedition number six. You have proven both the existence of the Sixth Borough and your own excellence. Wherever they now are, the people of the Sixth Borough celebrate you. And so do I. Now it's time to go home. Because uh, it's the city he fell in love with. Right. It was almost like the city was a character all along. To not have the city be a character in a movie about New York during 9-11 would be a travesty. <laughs> but but Speaking like- of the city... I like I understand and you can hear me probably putting on my glasses even though this is a subject I know very little about. I'm not going to pretend I know a lot based on a couple of videos I watch, but I do feel like you know, people with Asperger's struggle with sounds and like lights and this kid when he goes out like it's it's literally nightmare city for him. But they overplay it so hard. Like, and also, he's lived in New York all his life. Yeah. You'd think they'd like maybe want to move out to the country maybe, you know? <laughs> well, okay, so the one thing that I don't understand is... The tambourine. Besides the tambourine, it's... If, if he doesn't like to be touched or whatever, even by himself, why does he continue to... to dig at himself that's in the books too well yeah i know it's just a form of self-abuse it's like you know cutting i mean it's in the movie too but it it just everything oscar does doesn't make sense and and one thing is they have him swear but he's not swearing like he says like like yeah oh what does he say to john john goodman he says like suck my ball zach well you know one uh one of the videos i watched the the man uh, he said that being an uh, like having Asperger's is like being an adult in a city where you don't know the language. And <laughs> I feel like there's no better quote that you know that works. This this movie works for that quote perfectly. <laughs> well, okay, so this movie is just like Oscar bait the movie, and and except I feel like that person was the director and he didn't know the language that he was. You know, yeah, well, he, he's a British director and he's won his awards by making British movies. The Reader, uh, Billy Elliot, The Hours. It's a Brit making British movies. To have that guy come to New York City, like an argument can be made that in The Hours, like one of the three stories takes place in New York, but the rest of it takes place in London. Like, like. It it doesn't make sense to have a very British director make a film about New York City. You would need someone like like Martin Scorsese or yeah. It just it didn't translate well. In uh, like the the child acting didn't translate well. The the story didn't translate well. There's it's it's literally lost in translation. And and Sandy B is so like. 
they could have gotten also any other actress. She's wasted in yeah, this Yeah, a main hallmark of Asperger's is, is like struggling with changes in routines. This kid changes his routine every damn day. Yeah, there, <laughs> there was no reason to get to, to like, get... I mean, like I said, it all varies based on the individual. But no, I, I feel understand, like that's but there's still... no reason to, to, to get autism involved in this this no. character trait and i honestly think that that is very offensive and disrespectful to people actually suffering from this yeah and although we're speaking on behalf you know of you know people who have we shouldn't be we but we shouldn't be but but this movie is just so upsetting like okay so there's a scene where he's like playing the the tape recorder the the message to Max von Sydow who Max von Sydow is self mute he decided that he wanted to be mute he never says well it is possible to become mute right but after he has experiencing a horrific event right but he has tattooed yes and no mm. on his hand and when he's playing the 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 uh, the tape for him the reason why Max von Sydow won the Oscar. Uh, not won the Oscar, was nominated for the Oscar, is because he just went for 20 minutes, no, no, and he was just pushing his hand, like telling the kid to stop playing the thing. Yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for doing that. Yay! So you find out that um, Max von Sydow is Tom Hanks's like douchebag father who abandoned him and the mother because yeah, well the grandmother lives across the street and she he's the renter and we have no idea why he's there until right we learn that but you know. but okay so it, it's believable to be, that that max it's von, believable to believe it's believable to believe that max von Sydow and the woman who plays his wife are german jewish immigrants but there is no way that I believe that that Tom Hanks is a German Jewish jeweler. No, because <laughs> Tom Tom <laughs> Hanks is just he's he's the most like. Well, that's the thing. They had to pick America's dad, right? To like soften this whole movie, right? But if you if you need someone who has you know, they they could have gone with, uh, well, R.I.P. before he died. Robin Williams, you would believe. Mm. But they, they could have gone with someone like that. Yeah. But Tom Hanks just... I'm sad now. <laughs> but Tom Hanks just screams like... Uh, first off, Tom Hanks is a California native. And he does... Though he's a New Yorker now, he just looks like a California dad. <laughs> and I don't know. He, he strikes me as as a... City Mouse. But I still don't understand how... I understand he had a meeting in the World Trade Center, but most jewelers that I know, because my, my dad is friends with a jeweler, anytime they have a meeting regarding like a safety deposit box with, with diamonds, they either go to the bank or they have that person go to their store. It makes no sense why he hey, maybe they were trying to help him expand his business. Maybe there was like something else. There were thousands of businesses run in, through the World Trade Center. I totally understand that. He could, he could have been there for any reason, not just to do with his business. I totally understand that. But he said he had to go to a business meeting. 
what if he had like a 401k and like that's I don't maybe know. I, I don't know it, it just didn't make sense you don't know Tom Hanks you don't know his business you don't know his work it, it makes no sense why he would have to be in that building on mm. that day his relation like the only I would say likable moments in this movie are his relationship with his son like those moments that we do see them playing together like it's, you, you don't even buy him being in love with sandra bullock like, yeah like but, he's like oh i'm so in love with her and and she's like yeah yeah it's it's a, uh, and she's like know. yeah i love you too it just it's it's weird um but i mean it's not that they don't have chemistry it's just that the, it's a weird it's an odd pairing okay i think i i figured out and if anyone what, should what have that, gotten an oscar it should have been sandy b for that speech her her moment where she's like I don't know why, you know somebody, you know flew flew an airplane into a building, building. that I don't killed know my husband. Yeah. An empty box. I know it's an empty box. I know this, but I did it for me and I did it for you so we could at least try and say goodbye to him because he's gone, Oscar. He's gone and he's not coming back. Never. I don't know why a man flew a plane to a building. I don't know why my husband is dead. But no matter how you try, Oscar, it's never going to make sense because it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I agree, but she had already won the year before for the blind side, so. Well, damn it. Give her the award again. <laughs> um, and it just, it didn't make sense. Also, the movie could have been over in five minutes because the first house that he goes to uh, to find out this key, like for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, after Tom Hanks's character dies in 9-11, the kid finds a key in a vase that he knocks over and he thinks it, his, it was his dad leaving yeah. him one last journey because his dad always sent him on journeys as a yeah. way to get him to socialize with people. And, well, the mission accomplished, that's exactly what he does. The kid's monologue in the beginning... Okay, first of all, you have the depression sandwich of... It opens with his dad falling. We don't see, like, his... We don't see Tom Hanks, but we see, like, limbs kind of, you know... You see legs and arms flailing. Yeah. But no one should have been playing. And what was was the look... I mean... the look we're gonna do that on a podcast we're going to mime no but like this is what like i got so upset i was like really this is how they're gonna open the movie i believe your words artistic choice i believe your words were (laughs) like literally just do you know that that was like the sound of like my butthole tightening (laughs) just like oh my god you know what song should have been playing while that was going Cause I'm free. Oh my God, no! Free. Oh, it's terrible. Well, that—that's this coming from the girl who just made a joke about buttholes. But yeah, no, but <laughs> but it's why? Why would the, you choose to do that? Right, but that's why I said that, that song should be playing because that would have been inappropriate. Like this entire movie is so inappropriate. Yeah, it's... like I don't understand how this was nominated for Best Picture. Well, there, like, I I tried to look up, like, bad reviews for this movie, and there are. There are. It's 43% But there is also equally enough, like, it's split down the middle. There are an equal number of people who love this movie. Yeah, there's more bad reviews. And who think it does, like, a great job, like, you know. But a lot of those are, like, People Magazine and, and, like, a lot of those are, like, like, parent magazines. 
Okay. Well, because I, I looked too. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are the people with kids. I well, don't know. Okay. So, <laughs> so this was the year that that we need to talk about. Kevin came out. With, oh my god. That should have been nominated for best picture over this, even though it's horrifying. Right. That was. <laughs> There's a drive movie. Drive was the same year. Drive came out the same year this came out and did not get nominated. 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levin and Seth Rogen about cancer. That wasn't nominated. I just named three films that were better than this movie. That should have been... Even The Muppets. Jason Siegel's The Muppets yeah. was the same year. I mean, am if Hugo I was going to get nominated... Yeah, we're not doing that movie. <laughs> Do it. Am Do I it. a Muppet? <laughs> am I a Muppet? Because I'm a very manly Muppet. Very manly Muppet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just named three better films with three better performances. Yes. Over I this. didn't realize that it, it had been that strong of a year. Yeah. That that makes me even oh, more upset. Oh, Ides of March by George Clooney. Mm. That also came out this year. Those are four films that are better than this movie. And like the journey that he goes on, like it... The way he does it, he, he, so the whole movie, he's being such a dick to John Goodman, which I would have loved it if you find out that the mom finds love with John Goodman and just, <laughs> that I can see. <laughs> we both need love. <laughs> um, but like, I can he, see that so clearly. He, he lies to John Goodman and says that, that he needs all of the five uh, Burroughs telephone book because he's doing the census. Well, what did I... Also, John Goodman is wasted in this role. Not that he does a bad job. John Goodman is, Viola Davis is, Jeffrey Wright. It's just it's just having famous people in there for the sake of, oh, look, like, like just for the audience to, like, just, you know, oh, that person. Well, they wedge them in. Like, so when he, when he finally gets to um, Jeffrey Wright, who is Abby Black's ex-husband. Yeah. That goes nowhere because uh you you Well, as we find out it's just a key that his his dad left him to a deposit a box. A safety deposit box, right. which implies that there's probably going to be like hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. in this one box and and Not necessarily some like people put weird stuff in safety deposit box no but he he knows jeffrey wright knows what's in it because now i want to look up the list of like the top 10 weirdest things people have found in safety deposit boxes (laughs) a gun (laughs) a human skull but like he offers to go with the kid and they imply that he was going to become like a, a surrogate father to this kid and that goes nowhere well as like and as you might have guessed, even though I walked out of this movie, I still looked up the entire plot. So yeah. I, d- I, I'm not coming in here like just no, I you know. know swinging around false knowledge. But like I know, but they don't know. No, I know, but they don't know. Jeffrey Wright is normally the best thing in a movie. I mean, if you watch Westworld, he's Bernard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, oh, that's oh. He, okay. He's also Beatty in the the yeah. Hunger Game movies, mm-hmm. and he's people hers people's Hernandez. And the remake of Shaft. Mm. So that's why I love him, because I love Shaft, the mm. movie. Uh, <laughs> just had to throw that out there. Okay. Um, but he's wasted in this movie, because he, he like, you, you just see him in the background saying, like, who the hell is that, when you first meet him. Yeah. And then he gets 20 minutes. Yeah. 
they're like, oh, we have famous actors. Let's give them 20 minutes because I timed it out. So Tom Hanks has 20 minutes of screen time, 23 minutes, actually, if we're being precise. Yeah. Sandy B has 20 minutes. Max von Saito has 20 minutes. Uh, Viola Davis only has 10. They're each slices of the pie, but the kid is the pie. Yeah, but <laughs> I I was thinking about who they could have casted instead of this kid and it would have been a better movie. Mm-hmm. And the one person that... I, I, I truly don't think it, it would because if it's set up exactly like if they, if they you know, basically constructed the same way, I wouldn't have been happy regardless. And also like the, that you know, moment where the kid's having his freak out with the grandfather and also where he's where he's describing like all the things he's seen and heard and how the city is just, you know, overwhelming him. Yeah. It's just too much. But that's what I'm going to do. Go to every single person named Black and find out what the key fits and what dad needed me to find. The very best possible plan. Four digits. So if anybody... I divide the people by zones because I really had to tell my mother another lie. Because she wouldn't understand how I need to go out and find what the key fit that would help me make sense of things that don't make sense. Like him being killed in the building by people who didn't even know him at all. And I see some people who don't speak English who are hiding in a room with parakeets. Oh, black, who's all prayer up and spoke to God. If she spoke to God, how come she didn't tell him not to kill her son? Not to let people fly planes into buildings, and maybe she spoke to a different God than them. Okay, but I don't think any actor could have made that tolerable. There is one who Uh was the right age. Okay. Tom Holland. Um. Tom Holland. Yeah, but still. Tom Holland. No. Got all this award buzz the year before for being in the movie The Impossible. Okay. About the tsunami. Okay. He he could have done this. Him. I still don't think it would have been good. And not for lack of trying. I just, again. He wouldn't I think, have been so angry. But again, it's it's not, it's not the fact that they're trying to showcase a kid I, with Asperger's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, that they're trying to showcase a kid with Asperger's. It's just no. like the opening with the father flailing. It's, right. I mean, it's the it's the horrible phone calls. It's the you know the lashing out of certain characters, not yeah. just him. No, I know, I know. It's it, just there's too much sadness. Yeah, but but the reason why you you could handle most of that. The reason why you walked out of this movie is because the kid was an asshole. Well, just in that moment, just because I, I just, I just didn't want to watch that moment where, like, it just, again, it cut to my core where he, she asked, did he leave any messages? And the kid's like, no, it's, it's horrible. That's just, oh, I don't want to, I, I just, I. It, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. First, you show me Tom Hanks falling to his death. Then, you know, you show... I just... It was okay. too much. It was too much. Well, Again, it's a horrible imbalance. So, the year that this was nominated was the year that originally Eddie Murphy was supposed to host the Oscars. Okay. And he he pulled a Kevin Hart. He He pulled out. Okay. And they replaced him with Billy Crystal. He pulled out, did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, he, he, they replaced him with Billy Crystal. So if you know any of the history of Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars... Billy Crystal does a good job. He does a fantastic job, but he does musicals yeah, at the very beginning of all the movies. So this one, he's going through 
uh, like the artist, and he's like, he won't talk, he doesn't talk, and then he segues into this movie, and he goes, Thanks is a memory. A memory. <laughs> and it is horrible. As soon as he made that joke, you could hear just everyone's butthole pucker. Like, oh my god. Wait, I don't get Hanks's memory. Cause he's dead. Well, yeah, no, I get it. I just, I think instead he, of have thanks to for the it. memories. Oh, oh, Hanks. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> oh, uh-huh. also, you didn't, you didn't see where the kid is. Also, did in New York when that happened, they show them letting the kids out. I, I don't think they're allowed to do that i thought they were had to stay in place okay so it depends on the mile radius it depends where they were which this is another thing i wanted to bring up they were supposed to be on uh the upper west side Mm. there's no (laughs) they would have been covered in soot because like yeah it, it went throughout the city oh yeah there was like a layer of dust over pretty much all oh yeah York. and and another gross line that the kid says is he's like i'm breathing in my dead dad or something like that he says that well i mean that just that like it that just goes to like the whole sophisticated language aspect of asperger's like he's he's very articulate and when he's you know describing something in his emotions he's very he's he's very like I said, he's very articulate, but he's just. But he's also too trusting because the renter shows up. He's like, he's like, I need someone to go around town with me to to find out this stuff. And the renter's like, I'm a stranger. I'll do it. Or he writes that on a piece of paper. He's like, yeah, sure. You can come with me. Strange man who I've never met before. Well, I just think because in his mind, like th- his biggest fear from that point forward after his father dies is like taking public transportation like any anything where he might be a target after that which was that was the fear of a lot of new yorkers after that yeah a lot of people so it's reasonable for him to have that fear but yeah he i and i think because that's his only fear now that's his main priority Everything else is just kind of you know stranger danger has become a thing of the past yeah also the mother knew that he was traveling with with Tom Hanks's uh, deadbeat dad, as I'm gonna call him. Um, but the grandma was like, "You stay away from that man. He's a bad man. You stay." Oh yeah, like don't talk to him. He'll get very, very angry. Well, how is that supposed to reassure him? But but if the if the grandma knew this, she probably told Sandy B, and Sandy B would know this. You're just gonna let this strange man who you've never met before, who yeah, Sandy B yeah. never met, she never met that guy. If if my mom had told me that, like, oh, I've got a renter, and he he has these moments of sporadic PTSD, rage, I would be like, um, we need to have a chat. Like, yeah, well, I just the 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 amount of I mean, granted, the mom's got bigger things on her plate, but still, I feel like after that, you're going to look after your loved ones like really closely. Well, okay, so when you find out that Sandy B. uh, 
so this is another problem I had is how dumb the kid thinks the mom is and how smart he thinks he is he's like oh i'm so smart i'm lying to my mom and and she doesn't oh yeah that was like that was my third lie of the day that was my 50th lie of the day well that was my 87th lie of the day i don't care how many lies you tell you're telling lies well that right there is just like mean girls territory like yeah when 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 she's like i said i didn't know the answer that was a lie like he, he's no better than Katie Heron from Mean Girls. Uh, <laughs> but Child with Asperger's is no better than a teenage girl. Okay, so struggling with so her one of the interviews they did with Stephen Daldry is like he's talking about the performance of of uh, Thomas Horn who plays Oscar, mm-hmm. and he's like, now this is a movie about a kid with with autism and Asperger's, but Thomas doesn't have it, but you wouldn't know. I was like, Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> oh, I'd, like, I was yeah, I was to, like, take a minute to think about what he I said. I was trying to absorb that, and yeah, that's that's pretty horrible. Yeah, like, like uh, th- this movie... Even- also, kids, it, it, again, like I said... I, there were a lot it, of parents. It all depends on the individual, but no. But people from the disabilities organizations, right? But w- also were outraged by well, they this said, movie, right? And they said, like, when I watched the video, they said one of the hallmarks is like struggling with eye contact. This kid does not have that problem. Yeah, this kid has the he Tom Cruise school of stare. Down, like you know, when he's talking to Abby Black, he's just like staring at her. Like she's like she's a gazelle and he's about to pounce. Hey, were you in the help? <laughs> yeah. Did that movie come out? That same year. Oh. And and she was nominated. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Iron Lady also came out this year that year and wasn't nominated for Best Picture. That was a good year for movies. Yeah. And this piece of shit was nominated. Yeah. Like like everything about it, uh there there are scenes where um when he goes to meet the people and in the book, like they actually go into to the people's backstories. I don't need the kids narration of it. What they could have done is, is I think this shown it in like a vignette. Yeah. I think this is the perfect example of should have shown, not told. Yeah. Show don't tell. Yeah. And also when you're, I mean, that's the whole purpose of movies show. I would have loved for this whole movie to be told from the perspective of the grandfather. So like you never hear him talk, so you just have this very deep like like Swedish German voice by Max von Sydow talking and you find out that like it's his inner monologue Mm. telling the story. I just feel like if this movie had been constructed differently if they didn't if they didn't showcase like so much violence from that day. Also, like it, the yes, sixth yes, it fucking was a borough is a swing set. I'm sorry. I mean, that's no, just... No, no, no. <laughs> the sixth borough is a goddamn swing set. That made me so I just mad. think there were better ways of highlighting the horror that people experienced that day without being gratuitous. And, like, because, again, the showing the father falling is not the way oh, to go i yeah. understand it's part of the the what we see in the end where he creates that little pop-up book <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is it is a pop-up, it's a pop-up it, it's, book it's the most offensive pop-up book 
I have ever but seen. But like, I understand because he's like he creates things. He's very fascinated with objects and um, you know, which is typical for for a kid with that um, with Asperger's. But um, it's it's just. It's a pop-up book of the Twin Towers. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Well, um, the most offensive thing about that is like when he has, in the pop-up book, he has like the cloud smoke with the plane in it. It's like, Jesus, yeah, that that's a lot of detail. But holy shit, don't show that. Yeah. Oh, and, and when he's watching the news and he thinks he sees his dad falling to his death. Oh, and he oh, just no. and he just zooms in and zooms in and then you see like Tom Hanks like no like we don't see Tom Hanks do that no that oh you mean oh that that clip that we think is playing in his right. mind yeah right that's you don't why do we need to see Tom Hanks falling so many times why is it so necessary for us to see that the real question is why did all these people sign on to do this movie. I mean, reading it, you it it is definitely Oscar bait. It's you get an Oscar. You it has once again, once again, as I said before, if if Martin Scorsese made this movie, if a New York director uh, made this movie, then yes, like if Spike Lee made this movie, yeah, somebody who is familiar with. Not not a British director who is famous for making. Which isn't to say that British directors can't. No, direct. Stephen Frears made High Fidelity, which is one of the best films about music in Chicago, and he is a British director. But Stephen Daldry is very British. He is the 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 perfect term of stiff upper lip, like. Okay. Like, all right. like all of his movies are. Yeah, it's just there. There's moments in this movie where it feels like it's trying to be like highbrow art, artsy. Also, and it's it just comes across as just I don't know, cold. Also, the kid carries around a tambourine. What the fuck is with that tambourine? Was was that in the books? I tr- I read the synopsis, but there was no mention of a tambourine. No, there isn't. There isn't in all the, the research I did. The only thing I could think of is that it's a familiar noise. I guess. But when did he become Davy Jones and the Monkeys? <laughs> like, <laughs> gotta have that tambourine. Postmodern jukebox would be proud. Cause wake up. Sleep. Oh my God! What if he becomes the Tambourine Man? Oh man, from Postmodern. Ju- yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, but uh. uh he goes to all of these people and like they have an impact on him and I guess he had an impact on on them. But he goes yeah. to a prayer circle and the and he goes, "I don't believe in miracles." And this woman goes, "Well, then there will be a miracle just for you." And I was like, "Oh, fuck you, lady." <laughs> like but miracles believe in you, small child. Well, <laughs> that's why I was waiting for like uh, what's the song from Prince of Egypt? There are miracles. Oh yeah. When you believe. Yeah. Which was also Sandy Bates. That's the thing. Again, it's just the moments that should be heartfelt and sweet are just not. 
Cause all I still can't. I still have like he, even when he bonds I, with his mom at the end, he, he's like, oh. no, because I'm still visualizing. I'm I've still got whiplash from Tom Hanks falling, him not showing or him not telling his mom about the leftover voicemails, him just like all of these horrible like oh my god moments well also there's a there's a level of you need to believe that people put two and two together so well to to make this movie go like jeffrey wright uh um you find out that as soon as he finds out that he sold tom hanks the vase or just let him have the vase that has the key in it he then goes looking for Tom Hanks and tries to track him down. And then 9-11 happens. And he goes, well, then my only logical explanation is to go down to the Ground Zero site where people are hanging up the p- pictures of the people they lost because it has to be one of those people in the building. What made you go to that conclusion that that this guy died in this tragedy? He could have been anyone else, too. I mean, it so happened that that's exactly what happened but well but, i mean you, know, uh, like, you don't hear from someone in a while well what he after did that what jeffrey wright does what his character does is he he goes to the to um he had tom hanks's business card so he goes to to his business and he's not there they're like closed forever um well, well that's i know yeah there's know. a sign so so then he just goes looking for him he goes like walking around oh, the air. So they show flashbacks. Of- yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey okay. Wright's like, yeah, uh, I thought I lost this forever because, you know, I couldn't remember your dad or all of any of that stuff. So I went waiting out of the area where like I saw him last and then, then nine eleven happened. And then I went down to ground zero where, and they show him standing next to the kid standing next to Oscar as he's putting up a picture of his dad and him and Jeffrey Wright make eye contact, and then nothing happens. And he's like, yeah, and then I couldn't find you for, like, almost a year. Really? Because you made eye contact with the kid. It was... <laughs> well, he didn't know that it was his kid. But it was it was after uh, the, um, the kid showed up at his house trying to look for him the first time or looking for him. I don't get this movie. Right. I don't get it. That's why this movie would have been so much better if like, because the first. Also, can you imagine the poor mom having to go from house to house? Like, Yeah, because he has to this? find everyone with the last name Black. Right. So, so. And she, you know, wisely. So her son won't be, you know, treated bad. Although you're oh, letting. Oh, my God. You're letting your I kid forgot. I forgot the line. to house. The kid says, what if I got murdered or uh, lit on fire? And she goes, yeah, that made me upset every day. It worried me every day that you that was going to happen to you. I was like, and yet holy we send shit. him out into the world for that to just, you know, to up that possibility every day. <laughs> it, it just holy shit that that line was in this movie. Well, like, you know, when he is pretending to be sick, you know, he's like, oh, do you want me to be patient zero? Like he has, like I said, he has this very sophisticated language going on. He's very, you know. Fair. 
if uh, in, in, is that the is that the official writer's bagel basket sound of frustration? Just fuh. I mean, everything about this kid is is unlikable. I mean, it's very clever how he creates a da- database for everyone with the last name Black. But I would have loved the movie to be like only twenty minutes long. Like he goes through it, and the first house he goes to is Abby Black's house. He goes. I found this key, and you just see Jeffrey Wright go, huh, I've been looking for that. Grab it. Credits. <laughs> Thanks, kid. <laughs> but but I thought it was a message. Nope, it's a safety deposit box. Okay, bye. I'm going to be rich now. You'll never know what's in it. You'll well, never know. Also, um, in that, that scene um, with Sandy B, where she's like, oh, yeah, I went to the houses beforehand to tell them you were coming. Um, How, like... <laughs> then... She had to, like, this is New York. She had to run into a few locked doors. Like, I can't, I just can't fathom. Also, she works. She works. She does not have time. Yeah, she works in a, she works for an office where apparently all you ever wear is taupe. (laughs) Well, I mean. Every time they. That's the, that's, that's the early 2000s for you. Okay, so I want to go back to why I felt like her and Tom Hanks didn't have romantic chemistry. Like, and you're going to think I'm crazy for this, but it's because I could tell their time differences as being famous actors. He was a famous actor in the 80s and in 90s, and she was a famous actress in the early 2000s, late 90s. So, mm. so like, I was like, oh, it's just a decade off. Their chemistry is just off by a decade. <laughs> yeah. And also, I would have loved for her to be like Tom Hanks, because um, there's one scene where they're being very lovey with each other. Yeah. I, I wanted her to and be like... And the kid's watching yeah. through a mirror oh, like a creep. So weird. But I would have loved for her to be like, you like me. You want to kiss me. Smoochie, smoochie. That's right. I made a Miss Congeniality reference. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what you were doing. Well done. Thank you. But but, um, her... It's getting bigly. <laughs> Bagley the Bagel Bagel Basket Bagel. That's me. I like this movie. No, you don't, Bagley. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible tragedy of a film. But so and I'll never forget it. So I'll never forget. So the reason why this did get nominated was because they took a play, Scott Rudin. didn't Ru- say goodbye to Bagley. There he goes. Bye, Bagley. So Scott Rudin, the producer. Hi, Scott. Do you want me to do Bagley? Because it really creeps you out when I... I'm not doing Bagley. He's right here. No, I'm Bagley. No, I'm Bagley. <laughs> and I'm Ed Bagley Jr. Character actor Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I heard his I'm, I'm, I've seen your IMDb. <laughs> Anyways, so the reason why this was nominated is because Scott Rudin, the producer, took a key from... And I can't believe, once again... The Weinstein Brothers. And he, oh, he, no! <laughs> he campaigned the way they used to. Is basically knew that he wasn't going to make any money off of this movie. So he, he did the Oscar bait territory where he, he had people go to like country clubs. And he went to the old folks home of like people who are Academy members. Uh. And that's how he got this movie nominated for Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor. 
And that's it. That's all this got nominated for. Just a few fruit baskets worth of. <laughs> this film is just of marketing. So upsetting. It is. It is very and, upsetting. And the resolution is, is lackluster. Um, oh, I didn't even talk about Max von Zydo abandons the kid when things get too hard for him. Oh, yeah. He's just like, mm, time to walk away now. You know? And then he shows back up at the grandmother's house at the very end. And she drops her groceries to be like, you pick these up now and you carry them. And he's like, okay. And that's how his storyline ends. This is this is the family. Also, um, what gets really upset is when uh, the kid goes, I wish you died instead of dad. And she goes, I do too. And he goes, I didn't mean that. And she goes, yeah, you did. <laughs> oh. It's like, holy shit. Come on. Oh, up. no. Well, this movie should I be... I just, I, I can't... Like, he sees how close his father was. He's, it's the woman it just, his father makes, loves. It, it makes no sense to me. It makes zero sense. Also, I, I remember the one thing that really boggled your mind in this movie. Like, it would have been one thing if if he had been close with her, like, before this all happened. And then after, of course, like, he has trust issues. Yeah. But he's to not be close with his own mother, I, I, just, I just don't understand that. Choice. I mean, it's not like she's a bad mother who hates him. No. She's a great mother. No, she... She's very She puts attentive. that yogurt milk in the fridge for him. Ugh. Remember that that drove you crazy. You're like, is that milk? I was like, is it milk? Is it yogurt? Is it what is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it pudding? <laughs> it looked like cottage cheese, but uh, yeah, well, you yeah. don't know what it is. It's this cup of mystery. It, it's just the shatter cup because uh so uh you find out that he was at home when the dad called the final time to say goodbye mm. and he didn't do anything. He just stood there like a dare in headlights. I, I can kind of, I mean, he is a child. He's a child. And like, I feel like any child would be like, what, what's going but on? This is where things get weird because he tells Jeffrey Wright this. He, he doesn't tell anyone else, but Jeffrey Wright. And yeah. he's like, he's like, are you mad at me? And Jeffrey Wright's like, why would I be mad at you? Like, he's like, I don't know you. You're a stranger. Man, yeah. I've never met before who had this key that belonged to my dad. Yeah. But are you mad at me for not answering the phone? And he's like, no. Are you mad at me for not talking to my dad? And he's like, no. They have this really weird relationship. Also, they make it seem like him and uh, Viola Davis are going to get back together again because of this kid. Nope. It and it goes nowhere. Nope. Like, like the kid actually ends up cock blocking him because mm -hmm. he's like, thanks for bringing the kid. And she's like, you're welcome. I know you're going through a heart. Hey, Oscar, where are you going? <laughs> like they're about to have this like very sweet moment and the kid runs away. <laughs> well, I did what I came here to do. <laughs> I'm the glass of you've ice all, water. You've all served your purpose. I can now go home and continue hating my mother well no when they actually have their sweet heart to heart and they finally start getting along and he's like oh i thought you were too dumb to understand what i was doing yeah he says something like that anyways 
he says, if you want to start dating again, it's okay. And that's the thing. In the book, she is dating a per- she is dating a guy. And that's that's why he struggles to get close to her. Right. And in the, the movie, she's like, I could never love again. I have one love of my life. And it was your father. Fuck, man. <laughs> she's like, I will never love again. See, that's why I would want her to be with the with John Goodman. Yeah. But once again, John Goodman's character is wasted. Like, he's clearly only in this because they're like, you'll get a SAG nomination. If this gets nominated for a SAG, you'll be nominated. No, you won't. This movie just sucks. It does. It's really bad. And I'm giving this zero bagels. How many are you giving it? I'll give it one in the sense that there were... I mean, I do love Tom Hanks. Yeah, his I do too, but with, but with but it's really starring sweet. Tom Hanks. He's not in the movie. No, but I'm saying that I did enjoy seeing the moments, you know, with him spending time with his son, but that's it. It gets one bagel. It gets a half a bagel. This gets zero bagels for me. Out of 13, it gets zero bagels because they make you think it's going to be like I honestly don't know. I don't know. This movie is just fair. 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 So fair. so we're actually going to be doing two movies this week to make up. Yep. So this was the first one. And uh Haley, I want you to paint me like one of your French girls. I wish I could whistle that way. I could do the penny whistle solo from My Heart Will Go On. Well, now that we're in February, we're going to be doing... We're going to be doing some romance movies all month long. So if you want to keep up with us, we're watching Titanic next. The ultimate love story for Isn't It Romantic February? February. So until next time, I'm Scott Kerland. I'm Haley. Bye. Bye.